Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 137, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Your host, as always, Chaz, a content creator focusing primarily on the financial aspect of the game. Joined by Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey, guys, what's up? Just recovering from being blindsided by a billion spoilers this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is one of the downsides of being on the West Coast this time, right? Yeah, I woke you up, wake up like, oh my like, god, spoilers, <laughs> so many! And then I saw you frantically tweeting. Uh, Seth, probably better known as Saffron Oliver, resident jank brewer and all-around content creator. What is up, Seth? Uh, what's going on, guys? What is up? Ready to talk about some Ixalan? Bring on Ixalan. Um, grab your treasure maps and, yeah, whatever else. Pirate stuff. Um, so on the docket for today, uh, I'm, there's some pirate stuff out there. You could do, someone else could do something with that. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of Ixalan. Uh, I, I guess we just should say previews at this point because they weren't really leaked. Some of them were. They were leaked a long time ago, so now everything's official um, and confirmed by Wizards. Uh, so we're going to you know, discuss a few specific cards, talk about some mechanics, uh, some big changes um, you know, affecting past and, pres- or, yeah, and present cards, and then we will talk about a BNR update announcement and follow it up with some fish mail. All right, so let's jump in. Some Ixalan cards. Let's, let's uh, talk about the biggest change first. Yeah, so before we get into it, Watsy published an article this morning. They basically dumped 56 cards on us, uh, 8 mythics, like a whole bunch of rares, and they basically said, the leaks were real, you guys have seen them, here, have all the cards. And they just dumped all the cards on us. Uh, so I felt that was a little weird. I was talking to Seth earlier, and we scoured all of the leaks when they first came out. I don't remember any of the cards. Half of these <laughs> cards look so new to me. So it was a little weird that they decided to dump them out like all at once instead of just spacing them out. So so that's weird, but we we do have all the cards. So we're going to talk about uh, the mechanic cards, uh, talk about the mechanics that they explained a bit, and then we'll go into some specific cards. So the first card we have is Jace, Cunning Castaway. One blue-blue, Planeswalker. Uh, three loyalty. Uh, type line actually says Legendary Planeswalker Jace. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, plus one. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, this turn draw a card, then discard a card. Minus two. Create a 2-2 blue illusion creature token with when this creature becomes the target of a spell, sacrifice it. Minus five. Create two tokens that are copies of Jace Cunning Castaway, except they are not legendary. So the new legendary rule is all planeswalkers retroactively are now legendary, and uh, you can now have two different Jaces on the battlefield at the same time. So you can have like a Jace Bellerin and a Jace Cunning Castaway, uh, but you can't have, say, uh, two Jace Bellerins. The legendary rule still applies, but the planeswalker uniqueness rule has changed. So, Jace. <laughs> well, so you get, are you are you gonna say it, Seth, or should I? I feel go, like you go ahead, go ahead, Jazz. Should I say it? Like, are they just gonna change this for the one block, and then we're never gonna see this again? Like, <laughs> just being legendary is just gonna not matter. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think the big news is the change. The card itself we can talk about, but what are your feelings on the change to the rules? So I think. I'll go first, I guess. Overall, I like how it simplifies things. The Planeswalker Uniqueness rule and Legendary rule are pretty similar. And it's kind of confusing to have two... I refer to the Planeswalker Uniqueness rule as the Legendary rule most of the time anyway. So I like that part of it. But I'm actually a little concerned that you can have... Gideon of the Trials, Gideon Ally of Zendikar, and Gideon Jura on the battlefield at once. Like, is that a good thing? Do we want that? Are, are you concerned I, or happy that Gideon Tribal is now legitimate? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy because I think it'll be fun, but I don't know if it's actually a good thing overall. Like, it seems like it could be a overall make the games less fun to play. Why? Because we have too many planeswalkers? It just well, seems oppressive. I, I think, like, the natural planeswalkers are already so good that I think they deserve the downside of you not being able to just stack them up on top of each other. And I'm a little concerned that this makes them 
too good now? Like, they're already the best card type in the game. Do they really need to be even better? Yeah, this is an interesting one. And I'm going to agree with that first part, um, Seth. I do think from, like, a game design perspective and from just, you know, identifying these cards that they are better served as legendary, you know, legendary Planeswalker type because they are legendary characters. So that makes sense to me. And I'm going to agree again. I am also concerned that um, unlike the legend rule, for some reason, it's okay to have different versions of the same, you know, essentially character on the battlefield at the same time. That doesn't, I, I don't know why they didn't decide to keep that same clause for these, you know, these cards now. Like, why do they get away with having multiple iterations of the same Planeswalker when normal uh, legendary cards don't? Yeah, so from from the Vorthos perspective, I think we threw that out when we said you and your <laughs> opponent can have the same legendary, because, you know, prior to that, uh, if your opponent had a legendary creature and you had a legendary creature, the you know, one of them would die. They changed that. So you could have, you know, two Jaces on the battlefield. Uh, so now doing this, I, I don't think you break the Vorthos anymore. It was already broken. So I think that's fine. Uh, I agree with Seth. In some cases, it's oppressive. You remove the deck design part of it. Like in Jund and Modern, there was a very real trade-off of how many Liliana the Last Hopes and Liliana of the Veils you wanted to play. Uh, now you can just play them all. Like, you're not going to be Liliana flooded anymore. That's not a problem. You can play both at the same time. So it does remove that deck building restriction. But at the same time, like, how many times is this going to be relevant? Like, it's it's not very common that you have multiple versions of the same Planeswalker uh, that's good and want to be in the same deck. I don't think it comes up that often. So I don't think it's that big of an issue. And I do like the rule simplification. Uh, you know, the Planeswalker uniqueness rule is always very weird. And these things should be legendary anyway. So I think that makes sense. My only concern is it, it kind of messes with some of the older cards like uh, Captain Sisse, Thalia's Lancers. Like all of those cards become really good now because you can just tutor up Planeswalkers. So there's an interesting side effect to making everything legendary. But overall... I think it's good. I, I don't know. I'm not too concerned with it. It just simplifies the rules a bit. Uh, it might be weird having Gideon Tribal in Standard, though. It it might actually work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I, I don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing, but I am a little bit worried at how it'll play out. Just from like playing that Gideon deck, it was pretty good with the downside of having a ton of dead draws because you couldn't play multiple Gideons. And I imagine now that that's gone, like we they print a lot of the same Planeswalkers. It would be less of a concern if we had more variety in our Planeswalkers, but we have times when we have like four Nissas legal and standard at once, and hopefully we move away from that, but that just doesn't necessarily seem fun to me, to play against an opponent that just is li- literally has four Nissas on the battlefield at once in standard or something. I mean, does yeah, it really make a difference? Becomes what if they just rename Nissa? <laughs> you still facing well, down like four Planeswalkers. I guess that's true. I feel like it takes away the the natural checks and balances of not wanting to play too many planeswalkers because you get the dead draws, and now that's just less of a concern. But yeah. maybe it'll be fine. What do you think about the card? <laughs> the card itself, like, is this even a playable card? I don't want to write off a three mana planeswalker, but it feels like it's in a weird spot for a Jace since. Jaces are usually, like, control deck planeswalkers. Blue planeswalkers are mostly control deck planeswalkers. And this one seems like it really wants you to be a creature-heavy deck, which is a little odd. Do you think this is a playable planeswalker, not counting the legendary part? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. If plus one somehow drew you a card, but at best, it lets you loot... Minus two is a phantasmal bear, which is, you know, I don't want to spend three mana to make a bear that also just randomly dies. And then the problem with the ultimate is it just makes two more of the bad planeswalker. Like, you ultimate it, and then you make two bears. Like, I I don't know, like, what you're trying to accomplish here. 
and, and the art is just like WTF as well. Like I, I don't know what's up with this card. It's, <laughs> it's really weird to introduce the new le- legendary planeswalker with, you know, this baby Jace that's just just really bad. I, I don't know. Is there some kind of combo potential or any like actual use you guys can think of for this? I mean, it goes infinite with doubling season, but you still have the I'm just making more Jace's problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if you're like, I was trying to think of what decks in standard could use it. And I think you, it would be something like Tamio, the Bant Tamio in some sort of like the old collected company decks. If you're playing a bunch of creatures and you can kind of loot a little bit and like make a chump blocker now and then, but it still doesn't strike me as overly powerful by any means. <laughs> I mean, normally I'd agree, but. It is a three-mana walker, and we've been burned on these so many times, so I, I just can't <laughs> say no. I have to say this has, sees some sort of utility somewhere. I, I, It doesn't seem great on paper, just looking at the abilities. Kind of happy that, uh, you know, Oath of Gideon and all that stuff is leaving. That gives uh, extra, you know, loyalty counters, but... I don't know. It's okay. I, I'm. It's not like super amazing. It's not terrible either. But I think the fact that it's just three mana obviously keeps it in the conversation. Oh, I feel this is like Tibble 2.0. <laughs> I, I feel like he was nerfed. I feel like his plus one was either draw a card or his minus two was like Phantasmal Dragon or something. And they're like, oh, it's probably too good. And then they just like made him super Terra bad instead of, you know, risking a GTA or something out of him. <sighs> There are a lot of hoops to draw a card. Like, you have to have a creature, you have to deal combat damage to a player with a creature. It feels like if you have to do all that, you should be able to just straight up draw a card. Like, looting is just not enough payoff for all the hoops you have to jump through. All right, are we done uh, trashing on Jace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's uh, move hey, on to hey, trash for, something for, else. For the, for the record, it was a yes for me. Just just throwing that out there. Wait, but that was the, <laughs> I just don't want to say no to a three-mana Planeswalker, but I see no use for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> All right, uh, new mechanic, Enrage. Uh, this one comes on Ripjaw Raptor. Two green-green, creature dinosaur, four-five. It's rare. Uh, Enrage, when Ripjaw Raptor is dealt damage, draw a card. So was this the card you were talking about, just about trashing, or no? It can't be this one, right? Well, th- no. Uh, I mean, this card's no, good. I was just talking about in general. <laughs> oh, this okay, I was going to say. Yeah, because I was going to say, this is actually a really solid card. Um, no, it's not Pelucranos and all the other overpowered four drops we've seen in the past, but uh, this is still really good. Um, I-, I kind of like curving this into a glory bringer uh trying to get back to the red green monsters days uh and this certainly lets you do that i don't know about the mechanic like i think it's a fine mechanic i view it sort of like a pseudo unblockable is how it'll probably play most of the time that like your opponent's not going to want to chump it, because then you get to draw a card. The body's fine, though. It's on curve, so I think it's a fine card. But overall, I'm not super impressed with the mechanic enraged in general. Well, I think, so just I think for the staple, record, standard staple yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just for the record, so, Seth, you are not down with a mechanic that lets you draw cards. <laughs> no, well, I like the draw. <laughs> I like that this one lets you draw a card, but it requires too much attacking and stuff. I want my draws to be on cloud it, it doesn't, and mold rifters. It, you don't even have to attack. <sighs> I I don't know. You can know. block it when it takes uh harness maybe, lightning damage or whatever. Maybe if I like play a bunch of pingers and just like repeatedly <laughs> ping it and refill my hand, that I could get behind. Oh <laughs> uh, what well, oh man, what's the two mana O three again? Something alchemist? And it's rotating, oh, right? Thermo alchemist. Alchemist. Oh, it only yeah. pings players though. Never mind. Ah uh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this card's <laughs> really, really good. I mean four mana yeah, four really five. Good. Is pretty good. Uh, if you block with it, you get a draw card. If you attack, if they block, you get a draw card. If they don't, you just hit them for four. If they use any kind of red removal on it, you draw your cards back. And they actually need, you know, like a roast or something because it's five toughness, right? They can't harness lightning, shock, or whatever. You're going to draw two cards. So 
I think this is pretty good. I, 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 yeah, I can see this slotting into like a ton of green decks in standard, and I think it shuts down red really hard. I don't know why they would why they would do this. Like red has a hard time removing big fat creatures anyway, and now you get to draw cards off of it. So seems like a big deal. Seems like a really good card. Yes, certainly. And uh, I, I do I do think they have to kind of throw some roadblocks in front of red too. So. Because um, the deck is still going to be remain pretty good. It, it loses almost nothing. I think it loses like Falconrath Gorger, and that's like pretty much it. So well, I mean that's fine. I but what think, about like Jeskai yeah. Control or something, right? <laughs> like you know the non mono red lists kind of get hey, hosed by this. Basically, you, you need black it. removal or white removal. Yeah, you have to balance it some somehow, Richard. Green is always. The best. Making sure all the other colors <laughs> best are Best creatures, check. best card draw. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now it's a, the best creature and the best card draw, <laughs> card draw on the same card. There you go. I I don't know. I don't think it's quite as good as you guys are making it out to be. I mean, we got Glory Briggers. We have Chandra's. We have Verderous Gear Hulks. We have a lot of powerful uh, things in that range. And like, they, all do the, they all play well together. So you're... You're literally, like, constructing a deck right now that sounds amazing to me. Yeah, I, no, it's, uh, I'm not saying it's bad, but I don't think this is, like, leaps and bounds above all those other similar cards. Like, yeah, you can play it with it, but I think there's a real argument over, like, Chandra or this, or, like, Verderous Gear Hulk or this. So I think it's good, but I don't think it's busted. It's still just a efficient creature when it comes down to it. Like, a good above-the-curve creature. Was there actually anything other else that they were wait in the four mana slot that folks were playing like as a creature? I don't even know. Tireless Tracker. That's three. Well, yeah, but a lot of times uh, you play it as a land. four. Yeah, yeah, but ah. Oh, oh, right. bristles, bristling Hydra. That's that might be an oh, issue because yeah, bristling yeah, Hydra is very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, at least for the energy. Decks, energy. Maybe if you're playing yeah. non-energy, then you would go for this over bristles. Good point. All right, next mechanic is Explore. Comes on Tishana's Wayfinder, 2 to green, 2-2. Two, two. It's a common. It's a Merfolk Scout, so mono-green Merfolk. When Tishana's Wayfinder enters the battlefield, it explores. Reveal the top card of your library. Put that card in your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Then put the card back or put it in your library. Or in your graveyard, sorry. So you put the card on top or into your graveyard. I like this. It's a very simple mechanic, pretty strong. Um, I, I believe this is the only explore card we got, or not? So far, yeah. I believe it's only one so, so far. far. Okay. I'd like to see where this goes, but yeah, this is a pretty, you know, straightforward, strong mechanic. I, I don't, I don't see anything really wrong with it. Is this it? is a great constructed mechanic, I think. Not this card in specific, but it's basically right. like enter the battlefield and you either draw a card or you, at the worst, you essentially like scry a card you don't want into your graveyard. So, and you can make the creature bigger. Like even this card isn't that bad. It ends up being either draw you a card or being a 3-3 three, three for three, which obviously isn't standard playable, but I think that it's a, a pretty good value mechanic that could definitely see play in standard on the right cards. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, isn't this too good? It's like either draw a card or get plus one, plus one, and scry while fueling your graveyard. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's it's like similar to the, what what is it, the mechanic in Hearthstone. It's like kind of like Explore. That one's overpowered too, so <laughs> maybe they wanted their own overpowered Explore type thing. I don't know. I think, <laughs> well, I think is... this is pretty good, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, like the Shadows Wayfinder is like almost standard playable. If you didn't have like Tireless Tracker, like three mana draw card or like three mana two two draw card, three mana three three scry, it's like not that bad. Oh, well, no. Tireless Tracker is no longer going to be an issue. So Tashana's Wayfinder. I'm sure they'll print another three mana green no. rare that like draws no. cards, becomes a super <laughs> threat, must kill me. <laughs> And it's a green merfolk, which is interesting. Yep, love it. I love the color shifting in this set. Uh, Richard probably doesn't, but I always remember <laughs> Apocalypse, so... I don't know about mono green. I can see Simic merfolk, but mono green seems weird. It's like lost. Uh, yeah. They've lost their way. They're like on lands. They're like becoming elves. <laughs> <laughs> 
yes. next card, Treasure Map, the return of double-faced cards. So Treasure Map is a two-mana artifact. It's a rare. Uh, pay one, tap it, scry one, put a landmark counter on Treasure Map. Then if there are three or more landmark counters on it, remove those counters and transform Treasure Map and create three colorless treasure artifact tokens with sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So basically three petals. Uh, the flip side is a land that taps to add colorless, and you can tap it and sacrifice a treasure to draw a card. It's a two converted mana cost land. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the card actually seems pretty good. It's I pretty think cool. Control yeah. deck, it's definitely flavorful. I don't know how I feel about us going back to transform already. Like it feels <laughs> like we've had transform legal and standard for like the last five years. <laughs> Just whenever one set rotates, another one comes in. But I think it's a It's decent. Richard's favorite mechanic, though. <laughs> oh, I hate this so uh, much because now you need checklist cards. Now you need to check your sleeves. And I don't know. What I do like is the, the back, the treasure cove. The frame is, like, totally new. It's like a land. The frame really is, awesome. like, weird, and it doesn't look like a magic card. It looks more like mm. a uh, conspiracy card or something like that. So it actually looks pretty cool. Uh, this it's definitely unique. I don't know how I feel about the... The non-magic E-frame. Yeah, it's interesting. I do. I like it, too. Uh, you have to break it up after a while. I mean, c- uh, come on. Yeah, and it's on the back of a card, so it's not too confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's attached yeah, it's not to another too crazy. card. Uh, is this card any good? It seems terrible. It's all <laughs> it right. needs a I, long I do, time do, to power up here. It does, yeah. But... I- I think a control deck maybe could play it. I've seen people playing uh, Sunset Pyramid in Standard recently, which is actually sort of similar, but this is maybe just better. Like, if you're a control deck, you play this on turn two, Scry, 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 which is already good, then it ends up being another land, and you always want as many lands as possible in your control deck, and then it kind of turns your treasures, which might not be that good, because you already have a bunch of mana, into clue tokens almost, so you get to draw three cards from it. So I think it's actually potentially playable in a control deck. Yeah, so after three turns, you can get a pretty much a Black Lotus and or draw three cards like over the course of yeah it also works like there are other things that make treasures so you can sacrifice those as oh, well yeah true true uh, it doesn't untap when it transforms though which is weird you can't use the land side the first turn you transform it because it's already tapped oh wow you're right huh that, that is kind of strange yeah that sucks <laughs> but i guess you, you do have the treasures that you can use for mana right away though yeah. All right. Got it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some more mythics. Uh, we have Tishana, Voice of Thunder. So this one we talked about in our leaked podcast, but we didn't know the converted mana cost. Now we have it. It's five <laughs> green and a blue. So oh. seven converted <laughs> mana cost. Legendary creature, Mer- Merfolk Shaman. Uh, Tishana's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand size. When Tashana enters the battlefield, draw a card for each creature you control. Yeah, so not super enamored by the mana cost, but uh, so to get this out of the way, this is insane with like Prime Speaker Zagana or anything remotely related to that kind of like commander play. I mean, that is just nuts. But wait, why? This is this rewards you for going wide, right? Like having like twenty creatures. Yeah, I mean, whereas Prime Speaker have... rewards you for going big. Yeah, so it's they both play off of each other. Yeah, I guess. I guess if you can play Tishana first and make it huge, then your Prime Speaker draws you a ton of cards. I, th- I, I, think I guess like ninety nine percent of the time, I'd rather play Prime Speaker. <laughs> uh, I think there is merit to this card in the right build. Like, obviously, you got to be going wide, and I don't know. Like, blue green isn't traditionally go wide colors so much so i'm not sure about that aspect of it but it seems like a good commander card i can't really imagine this seeing a ton of play in standard really hard to see where that would fit in standard but i could see playing it in commander i mean it has a reliquary tower attached to it it's probably going to draw you five plus cards and be a like seven seven or something or maybe even bigger i think that's like reasonable for seven mana in commander ah but yeah, Seven is so, if it reasonable. dies, you're, it's really hard to recast. 
That's why you have command beacon, Richard. I keep saying that. Man, that's that's Chaz's answer to everything. Yeah, once your once your commander's like unplayable anymore, you just you just rip that command tower. I'm a lot command I'm a beacon. lot Sorry, less excited about this card than when I thought it could be like five mana or four mana or six mana. It would be completely insane at five mana. Yeah, that's why it's exciting. As is, it's just like uh, I don't know. We have a lot of good Simic Merfolk to choose from. All right, uh, next card, we have Rowdy Crew, two red red. It's a mythic creature, human, pirate, 3-3, three, three, trample. When Rowdy Crew enters the battlefield, draw three cards, then discard two at random. If two cards that share a card type are discarded this way, put two plus one plus one counters on Rowdy Crew. <laughs> red card so bad. Y'all played Magic a long Very time ago. Bad. Do you remember what was the card? A Bolduvian Horde. Wait, that yeah, was good. Bolduvian that was, Horde. No? It was like super yeah, high. Like four mana, fifteen years five. ago. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's like that's like the best case scenario for this card is to be like a Bolduvian Horde. So no, I don't, no, no, no. It's draw three, discard two. So you at random. Yeah, so you you get to you get to uh, desperate ravings. I guess you, you're up one card here. Yeah, and then you have to discard two of the same card to get the counters. Of the same type, type same of type. card to get the counters. Which, yeah. I, don't, I think this card is, is horrible. So bad. What? I th- I think Listen, if- just make Hellrider a mythic already. <laughs> Come on. This it's, is horrible. What, what if it was four mana, three, three trample, and then draw a card that enters the battlefield? Is that terrible? I'd ra- honestly rather that. Well, I think it, you're if it had estimating random, like random, like you could have your two glory bringers in hand and turn them into a, a land or something. Like there's, uh, I know, random I, is super punishing. I'm 100 percent on the desperate ravings plan. Like you're gonna draw <laughs> cards, and if you discard some random cards, so be it. Like it, it ruins your game plan, but. <laughs> But no big deal. But not only does it ruin your game plan, you like still might not even get the counters. So it's a four mana uh, three three with trample. That draws a card. You you up one card. <laughs> so I think that's I'd rather just play Hazard. I'm sorry. Like I'd rather have no cards and just keep playing Hazard. I think if this is horrible. if there's a deck that can really take advantage of the ability, like if there's some reason you want to just be filling your graveyard. I don't know if you're reanimating or flashing stuff back. Like, I can see that argument, but I don't think you can just play this as, like, hey, it's my four drop. It's going to, like, kind of be good and draw me a card. I don't think it's a card that can work. I'll, that I'll show you guys wrong somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but Desperate Ravings is, like, one of the best magic cards of all time. It is a good card, but. <sighs> and it's red card draw on a creature. Like, this doesn't have. This is, like. This is like new ground here. We don't get a lot of card draw in red, so you... we don't. But they they've done it before. Except and Beaumont there's Carrier, a lot we'll better just forget about that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> infinitely better at drawing cards, but we'll just ignore that. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Boneyard Parlay, five black black sorcery mythic, exile up to five target creature cards from graveyards, and opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put all cards from the pile of your choice on the battlefield under your control and the rest into their owner's graveyards. So, appreciate this, uh, Wizards and Blake. Uh, I actually could not read this card at all. So, um, yeah. <laughs> this was completely, like, illegible. This is, like, the first time I'm seeing this. So, this is just, like, Ever After, basically. Like, yeah. a fun version of Ever After, I think. Like, I like Factor Fiction. It's a cool, like, skill-challenging, fun political card. But I think the end result is, basically, you pay seven mana, and you probably get two creatures Wait, you, that you are get reasonably good. You can get three. Or three bad ones. <laughs> well, the the trick is to only put good ones in the graveyard. <laughs> Uh, but I think it, like, I don't know. Ever After hasn't really been a staple. Like, it does see a bit of play now and then, and I think this will be the same. Basically the same as Ever After. I mean, at 7 mana, it's basically unplayable in Standard. <laughs> what I'm more excited yeah. about is EDH, where you can get a mega factor fiction going here. Oh, yeah. And I, I really like it. I mean... Wait, is it that? I don't know. Like, you, there's other mass reanimation spells where you can just reanimate, like Rise of the Dark Realms. Uh, I think that's nine. That's nine. that's nine, right? Yeah. 
But still. But this is just no, this is, so this is much good. fun. This is this is good. Yeah, this is solid for EDH. And very y- you get you get the let's be buddies. Put five creatures in one pile for me, please, and I'll take all five, right? So it's like very political because it's fact or fiction. So I don't know, I really like it for EDH. Seven mana is a lot, though. Seven mana is tough, so you should be winning the game when you cast a seven mana spell. I mean, it's probably fine for Commander, but I don't think it's going to do much in Standard. All right. Oh, we're, we're making I a pact right now. When I cast it in Commander, you give me a <laughs> 5-0 split, okay? And I'll do the same for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a deal. <laughs> uh, speaking of Commander, this, this is, like, my favorite card. Or maybe the most potentially busted card, in my opinion. Revel enriches. Four in a black. It's an enchantment. It's rare. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token with sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, you win the game. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's probably borderline... It seems borderline too good in Commander, actually. Like, it seems so easy. Like, you know how many creatures die in Commander? That's what Commander games are often all about. You play this, you play a single Wrath, and your next turn you just win the game. Like, that's that's how how this seems like it works to me. Yeah, you just gotta be cautious of that Vandal Blast, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is pretty insane. Like, I'm sure an Against the Odds is going to happen with this card. But even beyond that, like, you're not wrong about Commander. This is really really strong and if you don't even have 10 it's basically just giving you lotus petals the entire yeah, you just get to super ramp right if like some yeah. combat happens and you get four tokens while during your turn you just got plus four mana you don't even need to win on the spot uh you can play this and then wrath uh this and treasure map you can draw cards every turn off your land uh, this Ooh, and like <clears throat> the dragon what's the what's the dragon if you can, can covetous no, no no if you control 20 more artifacts you win Oh, yeah. isn't it covetous? No, no. Covetous it makes like tyrant you, makes you have an artifact. Oh, tyrant hell yeah, yeah, Like yeah, look at the flavor win there. Yeah. You control twenty treasure tokens and you win with, <laughs> with oh, the dragon. Yeah, it's like, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like, I mean, I guess the Lord Hobbit, of the Rings style. The Hobbit, really. But, oh wow, the Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, it seems you can even do like the political give your opponent creatures and then kill them for value. There's, I actually really like this card for Commander. Oh yeah, and you know, you know the ones that give your uh, what is it? We always talk about this one—the one that gives your opponent mechanized production that can't attack you oh. and stuff like oh, that. What is this card? It and, keeps getting brought up. I don't know this card. And also, I know what and you're the other card this. we were talking about that referenced that card last week. Like, there's all kinds of shenanigans you can do with Revel and Riches. So I'm really loving this card. I'm, you know, and just baseline power. You don't even need Command Beacon anymore. This could just help keep casting your 12 <laughs> mana your commander. Answer. First answer, for the rest Command of the Beacon. Game. Second answer, Treasure yeah, Tokens. So, <laughs> yeah. So when your, cre- your commander dies like four or five times and it's now like 12 mana, you're, you're good. Yeah, doubling season works with this. Like, you can just do all kinds of shenanigans. Oh. It's it's yeah, so like weird. That. Mechanized production. Yep. They're so... Yep. It looks so fun. Also awesome for against odds. This will probably be the first against odds card, I think, from Ixalan. It might not actually be against the odds. Like, it might actually just be good. <laughs> I think we got to see how much support we get for... You got to be able to make treasures and not just rely on killing creatures. All right. Uh, so we're talking about a card that we talked about during the leaks, and we're like, isn't this just infinite? Uh, this card seems broken. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have Hostage Taker, 2 blue black, 2 3 human pirate. When Hostage Taker enters the battlefield, exile target artifact or creature until Hostage Taker leaves the battlefield. You may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast that spell. So we have an O-ring loop with this card. Uh, Chaz, you said they they errated this card like straight up to prevent this, right? What does the new text yes. say? Uh, so via Eli Schifrin um, at around 11 o'clock today, so when these cards were released, um, Hostage Taker will now read with uh start off with uh when hostage taker enters the battlefield exile another target creature or artifact until blah blah blah, blah. so <laughs> you can't target itself yeah so so this is basically just a punt by wizards basically yeah 
Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, I'm glad we caught it early this time, but come on, wizard. Like, we just had Felidaire Guardian. How many times are we going to accidentally no, leave no, words well, off cards that let one card break standard? Do you think they misunderstood <laughs> no, well, to- the rules or they knew the rules, but they just, like, actually literally misprinted by putting the wrong text on it? I, well, it's funny because... Um, uh, Matt Tabak sent out uh, a tweet prior to that saying, um, we don't think Hostage Taker does what everyone thinks it does. Like, I really do think they me- like mis- mixed it up. Like, they didn't think it actually did what people were saying it was going to do. And then, like, 20 minutes later, here's the Arata. So. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been a really quick internal conversation. He's like, well, my file has the right text on it. <laughs> like, what did you guys send to the printer? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> That could have actually have happened. That's, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking it's just a mistake because we've printed so many creatures like this before and they always say others. So it, it feels like they just accidentally left out a word. But it's a good thing. I'm very happy that they errated it right away because yeah. it would have been miserable if they were like, oh, well, we're going to like. We're going to let it, like, we're going to try it in standard. We'll see what happens. Like, let's give it a couple pro tours. So I'm glad we just got rid of it right away and don't have to deal with any of that stuff. Because in its, like, printed form, basically you play anything that deals the damage when a creature enters the battlefield. Perforos, for example, Impact Tremors, and it's just a one-card I-win-the-game combo. So it will be interesting to see how this works, like... Magic is focused on new players. How confusing is this for, you know, someone that goes to their first pre-release and opens this card and plays it improperly? Or new players at FNM. Like, how big of a deal is it being, the printing on the card being wrong? Yeah, it, it, it is a big deal. Um, and that's why we kind of have to just continue raising awareness. But, I mean, for an old player, I like Erratas. It's been a while, you know, uh, <laughs> Lifeline and stuff like that. It's, it harkens back to a time where cards were completely busted when they were printed and had to be changed. So oh, You don't play enough yeah. modern, Chaz. Erratas like the bane of modern. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, it says Summon Lord. Are you sure it's a merfolk? I'm like, yes, Lord of Atlantis is a merfolk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't use the old version of cards. Or the the good old oh, like the, the good old Korean Ashiok or whatever with the wrong loyal the, the wrong plus, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah, just never trust anything. Always always pull the oracle text on every yeah. card. Oh, you don't like your you don't like your like fifth edition Lord of Atlantis. Ah, uh, yeah. I always play the original version of cards, even when it even when it confuses people. <laughs> oh, that's pr- that's pricey, Richard. What? How far does that one go back? Like Alpha? Uh, no, 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 no. I can't play. No, no. I just play revised. <laughs> I, I play oh, the okay, oldest okay. version of the cards I can afford. How about that? <laughs> okay, okay. There we go. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, last card. Tilda Nolly's Skin Shifter. Tuna Red. Human Shaman. It's a rare. It's a 0-1. Haste. Uh, when it attacks, it becomes a copy of another target non-legendary attacking creature until end of turn. Yeah, so I put this on the list. I, I don't actually really know why other than it's, like, not completely terrible. I, we were trying to search for a card other than the stuff that we decided we were going to talk about, and it, it just feels like it's not completely bad. I can get behind uh, this you, one. You, it has you say that like it does all you go to combat and they're like, I kill your other creature. You're like, okay, I attack with a zero one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're yeah. talking about Hellrider, and this with Hellrider is outrageous. But we don't have Hellrider. That would have been. Uh, I feel yeah. like you, there's probably can you a exert? Combo. Does this? How does this work? Yeah. Can you like copy Glorybringer and exert this thing, or no? Or is it too late already? I, <laughs> when it attacks, the, ooh, I be- oh, that is I, I believe you can. I think it's I too late. No, yeah, actually, I don't know. Someone, someone who knows rules, but oh man, if you can't exert it, then this is definitely off the list. If you can't exert, it's off the list. I'm sorry. I feel like there's a combo. There's got to be a combo out there with this card. I just don't know. I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to think of anything. So I don't think you can just play it as a creature because it's so bad on an empty board. Like, can you imagine playing Ramen on Bread and getting your board wrathed and then you, like, top deck this thing? <laughs> like, there's just so much downside. But I feel like in the right deck with the right support, maybe? I don't know. 
Ah, uh, you can't even like copy Hazaret, Gideon. <laughs> I mean, I guess you just legendary rule yourself if you do, but I I, I don't know. A it, lot of the good creatures they even are legendary. took that out. Yeah, yeah, they even took that out anyway. It's not legendary. I don't know. Maybe it. it I just reserve judgment until I can see the entire set and what we have left in the standard. But it feels like doubling up on any like really good creature is not completely horrible. Especially later in the game. Maybe it's definitely not as good early on as it is later on. Yeah, I don't even know if you get attack triggers. I have no idea. Someone needs to tell us what the timing is. Like, if you copy, I, say, yeah, really Primeval so. Titan, do you get the attack trigger? I, Card is I too hard. Don't, don't understand. Judge? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the contingency. If you don't get any of that stuff, then this card is horrible. <laughs> so, just... Let's just let's just end it there. <laughs> Alright, so I think that's all the spoilers we want to talk about. There are a ton yes. of spoilers, so check out the site yeah. if you want to see them all, but we can't talk about all of them. But there's just basically every card that was on the leaked sheets, they said, here, have them. <laughs> and so I don't know how the rest yeah. of spoiler season is going to go, but I guess we'll find out tomorrow. So there's, yeah, there's like 50 or 60 like right off the bat, so <laughs> we'll, we'll just keep going. Um... All right, uh, really quick, uh, we also had a BNR announcement update. Uh, no changes other than uh, Mentor. Monastery Mentor was restricted. What was the other one that was restricted? Uh, Thorn, uh, Mentor, Thorn of Amethyst, oh, yeah. and then Yogmoth's Bargain is unrestricted. Yeah, so Thorn of Amethyst restricted, Mentor, uh, Monastery Mentor restricted, Yogmoth's Bargain unrestricted. Uh, anyone know anything about vintage? What what is going on? Was mentor too good? <laughs> what, what was happening? Um, so apparently everyone was complaining about workshop decks, and instead of banning the like nine hundred dollar card, they're just going to restrict the rest of the deck. Yeah. So yeah, I think that the two best decks in the format, or two of the best decks at least, have been mentor decks and also workshop decks. So this kind of targets the two top decks. I'm not a a vintage expert, but uh, that is kind of the idea here, is to knock the two top decks down a peg or two. Yeah, uh, from from a few people that I know that are more vested in it, like this was completely uncalled for, but I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't know enough to say if this was warranted. Yeah, I'm actually surprised they're uh, mucking but, around with... I guess it's because of the new Vintage yeah. Leagues that they, they've actually done oh, quite yeah, a few changes right. to Vintage. Like, maybe more so than any other format save standard in the last year. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. It's definitely because of Magic Online, I think, and the focus that brings on the format. I think you're right. Unrestricting Yogma's bargain, though, um, yeah, that that's probably not going to end. Uh, six mana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, not really, though. It's only, like, three mana. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if it's... How good is it anymore when I people are, like paradoxical outcoming for 20 cards really easily like i don't even know i i don't know vintage well enough to say for sure but it seems like there might just be more busted stuff going on that it's not even that good anymore maybe i i just yagma's bargain has always been a very powerful card so um i'll just you know that's just kind of where i'm coming from yep uh all other formats no changes and there you go. You can spend like $200 on that instead of like pyramids, right, Seth? There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think no changes is good overall. Like, I, I think every other format's in a pretty good place at the moment. Absolutely. So I'm glad they didn't um, do anything to Does that modern. bring us to fish mail? Uh, yep. So if you have your questions, okay. send them to at uh, MTGGoldfish on Twitter with the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions. First question... From 777-VII777, what are your thoughts on Nissa Vital Force in Ramp? Been really good for me. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty strong. Um, but maybe we'll see where Ramp ends up after rotation because we are losing like pretty much a lot of the best Ramp targets. Ulamog, Rollbreaker, all that stuff. And now you got to Ramp into Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Next question from Edie Vonta. What are your thoughts on separate modern Magic Online leagues with summon bans uh, to be used for the consideration of unbanning Twin, Blood Braid Elf, Jace, etc.? I 
guess it would be a cool event to have. I would be down with having, like, a no-ban list or, like, altered ban lists league just to try it out. Probably as, like, a special event, like they do the flashback constructed queues or something. I think that could be a fun thing to test out. Yeah, I like I like That'd it as a really seasonal cool. event or something, but not as a regular thing. But maybe, like, for one, you know, at the end of September or something, for one week they throw up modern no-ban queues or whatever to to try things out. Uh, next question, Salt Priest. Do you think Hallow 1 is catching a ban if pros picking up the decks have much success because it's unfair? I think we're a long way away from Hollow 1 being banned. Like, I, yeah. I think it's a good card, and who knows in the future, and it does enable powerful starts, but that would be a long way down the road if that ever got to that point. Yeah, to be fair, we were having the same conversation about Death Shadow. So it's just something new that people have to adapt. All right, from Magpie Playtime, will we get to see videos of Seth playing the non-budget budget magic and Tomer playing his EDH upgrades? I do stream some of the non-budget budget magic decks during the live stream, so you could probably catch some of them there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. As far as doing a video series where we play the upgraded build every week, I don't know if I have the time to do it at this point. All right, next question from T Laser. Some in the magic community say Watsi should do away with planeswalkers. Would this ever happen? Consequences if it did? Well, they just gave us more planeswalkers with the legendary <laughs> rule changes. Uh, so, probably not. Yeah. And they, they want probably them to not. be the face of magic. So, again, probably not. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance that happens. Next question Taskmaster1995. What do you each look for in user submitted? decision when picking them for commander clash okay so how, how do we choose user submitted decks i usually look for something that's unique and different appeals to me and also something that draws me cards those are my two criteria if it draws me cards and looks unique i'll probably pick it yeah i i go for i guess creativity or something like that like power level has absolutely zero meaning to me and in fact if it looks too strong i'll just avoid it so it's really like what does the deck look like how creative is it how fun does it look uh next question chaos repetant 666 uh how many infamous japanese tournament decks are too many (laughs) i don't think you can have too many infamous small japanese tournament decks people love them like there's always such sweet decks coming out of small tournaments in japan so all right, next question, Tom Simons. Understanding you guys didn't play with them in 93-94, do you guys feel nostalgia for old-school cards? ABU, Legends, Arabian Nights, Antiquities. I do, yeah. I definitely do have a fondness for them and a nostalgia for them. It's it Again, I think I mentioned this on the last cast, that uh, it's some of these cards that drew me to the game. So, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely fun, and it's, it's good to look back on But you on actually it. played with them, right? Like back in the day, I played. Uh, well, not ninety three, ninety four, but uh, a little after that, yeah. Like all the Urza stuff, yeah. Yeah, same with me. I I actually played with some of the cards, or at least I've seen the Alpha cards. I played around like revised, so Legends was like Chronicles, Arabian Nights, and whatnot. So I actually feel a nostalgia for them. But Seth, you started at Theros, right? <laughs> <laughs> how how oh, how does this uh, how does this impact you? Do you feel the same nostalgia for these old cards? I I'm just nostalgic for heroic all the time. I need more <laughs> heroic mechanics. No, <laughs> no, really though. No, I'm not really nostalgic for old cards. Although I do appreciate the history of the game, but for me, it's more like onslaught mirrodin ravnica some of those when i see janky old cards from those sets it kind of reminds me of when i first started to play so i still have the nostalgia thing but just for a different uh, group of cards or age of cards i guess all right uh next question that one okazaki is cabal therapy too strong for modern chance of a reprint in dominaria oh god uh i think it would be too good it's i I do too yeah uh, the only thing worse than getting Thoughtseize is then uh, getting therapy <laughs> and actually getting, like, the blind hit therapy as well. Oh, it's infuriating, yeah. <laughs> that is the worst. And then that's not to say you actually get therapied with duplicate cards in hand as well. 
I think that I think it would be especially miserable because Dredge is already a good deck, and just having people mill over their therapies, sack their blood gas, like we don't. I don't think we want to encourage that. Uh, Asin bureaucrat. My first magic product was a pack of Nemesis. Do you guys remember your first magic product? What was it? Oh, I I don't remember my. F- oh man. Uh, I think my first pack. Can't remember my first pack. I can remember mo- my most memorable product is I actually traveled through a snowstorm. To get, uh, to purchase the, uh, prophecy, like, intro deck because it had Avatar of Might in it. Like, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. And, yeah. It was through a snowstorm. It was, it was definitely <laughs> worth it, though. I actually have no idea what my first magic product was. I, when I first started <laughs> playing, it was mostly out of this, just this huge collection of cards that one of my friends had. So that was all the cards I had for the first like year or two of playing Magic was just building out of this random card pool collection of cards. I thought it was the Theros. I'm sure I bought set. something. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the heroic one. M13. <laughs> M13. Uh, I think my first product was, it was either like a fourth edition or an Ice Age starter deck. So back then, they actually had starter decks, and it was basically like a super booster, right? So, and I still remember, like, I was oh, playing yeah. cards like wow, Wanderlust right. and stuff, like some really bad cards, but uh, they were fun times. Uh, next question, would you, uh, from uh, Atenar1, would you agree that all reserveless cards should be banned from Commander? Mm, I don't <sighs> think so. I'm going to no, say no. I don't think so. I think that Commander is about people playing whatever they like and i don't i wouldn't want to put that restriction on the format yeah i think it's more of playing cards appropriate to your group like it it doesn't matter that they're powerful you can get new cards that are too powerful and if you come in and everyone's playing janky decks and you play some tier one deck you're going to destroy everyone so i don't think that changes it uh so people should be able to play whatever they want so i i don't think we should ban reserveless cards but you might have like custom house rules which is perfectly fine uh, Quilted Train, what is everyone's most memorable slash epic play? Hmm. Um, I was at a... Oh, man. I'm trying to remember what, what event it was. It was at a shop. I think it was like a... I think it was at like a TCG Silver or something like that. But I double rancored two Stranglerout Geists. Two different Strangleroot guys, and somehow, like, oh, yeah, okay, so I, is it Staticaster, two of my Strangleroot guys, so they come back, and, or, so they, uh, what was it? Uh, undying. Undying. Undying, yeah. there we go. Undying. Double Rancord each of them and, and attack for Exaxes. Ooh. Yeah. For me, it's probably, like, Pithing Needle, my own Pithing Needle, or something <laughs> like that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably that time I played that, like, double strike <laughs> lifelink card in Commander Clash and won with the deck I shouldn't have won with. <laughs> uh, that was, like, uh, every Commander Clash. <laughs> next question. Vig SS trying to bake Hazard's Undying Fury in Standard Paradox Engine plus Vessel of Volatility Storm. Any suggestions? Oh, goodness. Uh... Don't. <laughs> it sounds it sounds really sweet. I'm not sure that I would want Hazard's Undying Fury with Paradox Engine. Like I think both cards can do cool things individually, but I don't know if I see the how they work together necessarily. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a cool idea, but I don't have any great suggestions. All right. Next question from Ermit. Do you guys practice any sports or physical activities? Um, just general physical activities. Um, I used to play football. I used, well, you know, American football. Uh, for those of what, us what that position are. Has? I was a middle linebacker. Oh. No, don't mess with Chaz, people. <laughs> middle linebacker Chaz. <laughs> um, I was, I mean, I wasn't really, like, huge. I was just, like, kind of fast, so, at that point, but... Probably not as fast these days. But anyway, just normal stuff. And then, you know, folks were like, oh, yeah, like, golf is a really big thing down in Florida. I'm like, I don't know how because it's, like, 95 degrees out. And I don't, <laughs> I don't like, I don't want to, like, be going out there doing anything in, like, 95. What I want golf. Golf is actually the one I, sport I cannot play. <laughs> I cannot, I, I cannot hit just, a golf ball I, for the life yeah. of me. I can, like, 
you know, I can play baseball, I can play hockey. I don't know why hockey seems like it should somehow transfer to golf, right? But I cannot hit a golf ball for the life of me. Huh. I can golf a little bit. I think basketball is definitely the sport that I play the most. Uh, I don't play as much as I used to. I used to play a ton of basketball back in the day, but... Yeah, love basketball. I used to play all kinds of sports. I don't play as much anymore. Yeah, I used to play baseball and hockey as a kid, but I haven't played... I haven't oh, played nice. those in a long time. But nowadays, I just, like, rock climb and do random stuff. What What about curling? I've actually curled a couple times in my life. <laughs> but ironically, oh, I've only really curled in America, not in Canada. <laughs> only in America <laughs> have I curled. Curling's actually really fun. You should try curling. It looks lame. Yeah, I don't know where I can it, curl It is kind of lame here, to watch, but, it like but it's actually fun. a lot of fun. Yeah, I've played, like, shuffleboard with my <laughs> great-grandmother before, so I think it's got to be about the same yeah, except that ice. I swept my room once. That's, like, basically curling, right? <laughs> I'm a, I, I could be in the Olympics, American curling team. <laughs> I don't know exactly when, but I, I've always really wanted to get into tennis, too. I, I, for some reason, I've always really liked tennis it. Tennis is fun. Tennis is easy because there's lots yeah. of tennis courts around, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's too hot in Florida to do anything. Oh, yeah, definitely has to be indoors. <laughs> definitely has to be indoors. All right, next question from One Epic Pug. Is Settle the Wreckage the best standard sweeper since Supreme Verdict? So we didn't talk about what? Settle the Wreckage. Settle the Wreckage is oh. the <laughs> Instant Speed, Wrath, Mega, Path to Exile. So four, four converted mana cost. Wait, this, this is the card, right? Hold on. Yeah, four converted mana cost gets all attack. Path to Exile is all attacking creatures. Yeah. I was gonna say it's. Uh, I think the card's bad. bad. It's even worse now that we know the decks. Like, if you want to do this to Ramunap Red, it's like okay, <laughs> like good job, right? <laughs> like a lot of deserts are coming to your face. So I don't know. Lots of decks have good mana sinks nowadays. So I, I don't know that you want to give them like a ton of lands. Uh, next question: uh, Luke Masiel vehicles raid double face cards treasure tokens similar to clues are Ixalan mechanics and greatest hits from previous sets. I don't, I don't. <laughs> it definitely looks like it. Throw in some dinosaurs and pirates, and we just got like a mishmash of everything everybody wants for some reason. I don't know about greatest, but they are all from previous sets. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. It's like there's only so many things you can do with pieces of cardboard. Last question from one epic pug as well. Is Sanguine Sacrament the new elixir of immortality? Uh, we didn't talk about it, but it's X white uh, white. You gain twice X life. Uh, put Sanguine Sacrament on the bottom of its owner's library. No, elixir was much. <laughs> yeah, you needed elixir to shuffle your deck back in. <laughs> like the reclaiming yeah. your graveyard part was actually. A big deal. Yeah, Ivan Flock uh, showed us why that card was really <laughs> insane. <laughs> it does seem pretty fun to just like get a bunch of lands and have this be the only card in your library and just game like twenty five each turn and do that <laughs> till your opponent mills out. <laughs> but no, it's I don't think it compares. The big deal with Elixir is you could just play it on turn one and let it sit out. This you actually have to invest a ton of mana in all at once. But you gain twice of X life. <laughs> Yeah, but even at five, you gain six. Yeah, but it's sweet with Sanguine Bond. Yeah. Oh, it is good with Sanguine Bond. I'm going to play this. I I need to make a list. So every spoiler season, I'm like, oh, this is such a sweet card in Commander. I'll do this. And then I forget about the card and never do it. So (laughs) I need to make a list of cards (laughs) I want to play from the set. You need to publish this. Yeah, Sanguine Sacrament, I think. (laughs) There's some janky life gain stuff you should be able to do with this. Play with Archangel's Light. Oh, it would be so good. Just like <laughs> janky white life gain tribal. We're going to do it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's all of our questions for this week. Uh, if you have questions, send them in to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail. Yeah. Awesome questions, everyone. Thank you for sending those in. Uh, anything last second out the door, gentlemen, because it is about that time. Uh, PAX is next week, is it? I yeah, believe so. so. We should yes. probably have some announcements or something coming out of PAX, and then the week after that is Hascon. Uh, awkward. Yes. Do you think they're going to save announcements months. for Hascon or PAX? Where, where do you think like all the good stuff will be? Both, maybe both. both. I don't know. I think they said they're going to have less of a presence at PAX because of Hascon. So I'm expecting ah. the big news to be Hascon, or yeah, over at PAX. Fair enough. And and for those of us, um, uh, first first. Uh, 
actual game of football, American football again. I, sorry for the folks. She said actual football. On the 7th. Oh, <laughs> Every non-American country will be screaming at us in the YouTube comments. No, no, no. no. I meant like the actual first game, not like a preseason game. That's, that's what I meant. Oh, I see. It's on the 7th. So, got to get that draft in, Seth. <laughs> all right everyone uh that is about gonna wrap it up here for this week thank you for tuning in this is the mtg goldfish crew signing out we will see you all next time